HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. Welcome to HRN Happy Hour. It is five o'clock somewhere and somewhere is Bushwick, Brooklyn here at Roberta's. I am not your host, Kat Johnson. I'm your host, Katie Mosman-Wadler. Kat is finishing up some stuff in the office and I am here to let you know that we have a really special episode today of HRN Happy Hour, which we'll fill you in on in just a minute, but I want to introduce uh, the crew who's here as always in the studio with us uh, to my right is Hannah Forden, our wonderful membership coordinator. Happy Thursday, Katie. Happy Thursday, Hannah. And uh, to her right is Sarah Strong, our Julia Child Fellow. Sarah, hi. Hi. And we have also Margaret Kelly. And she's sitting across (laughs) from me at the far end of the table with a very tiny, tiny hello. Hi, Margaret. Hi. Happy Thursday. (laughs) Hello. 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 Uh, And as always, our stalwart engineer in the studio, David Tadashore. Yo. Where's your applause? <laughs> oh, yeah. Only Hannah got applause today. Oh, it's beautiful. It's you beautiful all got applause. Oh, all what are you complaining about? I didn't notice. <laughs> um, so today um, we don't have a normal episode of A Turn Happy Hour because we have um, two big announcements. Um, one is that we're going to be previewing our newest show, which is Meet and Three. It is produced by our full team, at HRN, and it is a really, really cool weekly snapshot. It's a food, news, and culture roundup. Every segment, uh, every episode, pardon me, is 15 minutes. They're released on Friday afternoons. So episode one is available now anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, Our favorites are Stitcher and Apple Podcasts and, of course, the HRN website. So check it out. It's spelled out meet and three, meet plus three, plus sign. Um, and if you have any trouble finding it, just go to Google, type in meet and three podcast, you will find us there. And so we're going to be playing the first episode for you after this introduction. Um, and we'd love to hear what you think. And if you have any pitches for the show or, uh, subjects that you think we should cover on meet and three, please drop us a line. It's ideas at meet and three dot NYC. And I hope you love it. So, um, please take a listen. And, uh, if you like it, don't forget to subscribe. Um, but today is also a bittersweet day because it's Sarah Strong's last day with us as our Julia Child Fellow, and she's about to leave us to go to Arizona 
followed by Shanghai. Is that even a real place? Maine. Arizona. And she's got this amazing summer planned out. So Sarah, I just wanted to say thank you so much for all your hard work and especially for everything you did to help us get me and three off the ground. Thank you guys. We've loved having you here. It was great to be here. I'm sad I'm leaving. We hope you'll come back and hang with us Definitely. when you're done with camp in the summer. <laughs> yeah, at least and it's the dry heat though. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and Maine will be amazing. Yes. Not that I'm biased or Always. anything, but um, they will be lucky to have you and uh, I can't wait to hear uh, what you come up with for your project for your Shanghai trip yeah me too (laughs) we request lots and lots of food pics from that trip do you want some me to bring back some fancy uh, dried ramen yes we do (laughs) is it Ichiran Probably. <laughs> somebody it's brought, better if it comes from yeah. Shanghai than if somebody it comes brought from some back for me. Office. So I have to bring some back for him. Mm, okay. Perfect. Um, yes. Sign me up, please. Cool. I, I would love to be added to that list. Definitely. Um, so you can check out uh, all of the wonderful pieces that Sarah's produced for Heritage Radio Network if you go to our website and search for Sarah Strong in the bottom right corner search box. And uh, she's got some really cool features, uh, including um, a very recent one about Alphabet Scoop, which is really cool shop in the East Village that you should definitely check out. Um, plus, she's been contributing as a reporter for Meet and 3. So we've just been so lucky to have you. Thank you. I've been lucky to be here. <laughs> and thank Aww. you to the Julia Child Foundation. Yes. Absolutely. We <laughs> yeah. love you, Julia Child Foundation. Um, so without further ado, I would love to present our very first pilot episode of Meet and 3 on Heritage Radio Network. We hope you love it. And we will see you next Thursday for another episode of HRN Happy Hour. Welcome to Meet in 3, a new podcast from Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kat Johnson. As an Alabama native, I love a good Meet in 3. Down south, it's a type of restaurant where you can get your pick of fried chicken, catfish, or country fried steak, and three vegetable sides. And in this case, mac and cheese definitely counts as a vegetable. This show is an audio version of a Meet in 3 a filling main course along with three sides. These are food stories that you need to know about, and today they're all about hitting a snag. First up, Valerie Lomas, a Harlem-based lawyer and the champion of the Great American Baking Show Season 3. What should have ended in a ton of media exposure and a book deal or two instead ended in a massive letdown. The season never aired because of sexual misconduct allegations against one of the show's judges, Johnny Iuzzini. Host Dana Cowan welcomed Valerie to her show, speaking broadly, to talk about the heartbreaking experience. Valerie, she's a lawyer, a home baker, a blogger, and she grew up near Baton Rouge, Louisiana, surrounded by the amazing food culture of the state. And a pair of grandmothers who were renowned for their cakes. Here, we talk about how she felt after learning that her season would not air. I got a phone call. I was kind of shocked and confused. And I was wondering, is, is this really the only solution that, that is an option? It wasn't really a choice, right? So it's not like they said, well, we could do this or this. What do you think? <laughs> what did you do with that disappointment? I kept baking. I kept blogging. I I did a lot of writing. You know, the fact that the show got canceled doesn't change the fact that, like, 
we all went through something together. A lot of it was really comical and fun, like the creme caramel scrambled eggs thing. A lot of it was tough, but we overcame it. I became a much better baker, and I also became a more confident baker. As a woman of color, did you do you feel any frustration of, you know, you you were out there, you you won, and it was great for you personally, but it also would have been great for everyone to see. Yeah, that has actually been one of the hardest things for me to kind of deal with and process because I understand how important representation is. Growing up, when I was able to see someone that looked like me um, on television, especially winning something, you, you kind of feel like, hey, if they did it, I can do that too. Like that space is actually open to me as well. That has been tough because it feels like it's kind of been erased. You can hear more of Dana's interview with Valerie on episode 50 of Speaking Broadly here on Heritage Radio Network. On to a lighter note. Sometimes having a career that revolves around delicious food and drink means you spend a lot more time eating and a lot less time exercising. Our next short is about how one brewer turned his not-so-healthy lifestyle around and inspired others to do the same. Sam Lee has the story. McKellar is a Danish brewery that is considered one of the most innovative breweries in the world. McKellar's beers can be found in over 50 countries around the globe. And their running club... We are in 37 countries, and uh, I think we're two chapters from reaching 200. That's Soren Rung. He's president of the McKellar Run Club, which is based in Copenhagen. And full disclosure, I am a member of the Brooklyn Running Club. So how did a craft brewery in Copenhagen start a worldwide running revolution? The uh, owner and founder of McKellar is called Mikkel Bolbjerser. He used to be a, actually an elite runner in his younger years. Uh, personally, I met Mikkel about, yeah, it's a bit more than 20 years ago now. And we went to school together to become teachers. Soren and Mikkel became fast friends. They started spending more time drinking and playing computer games. And Mikkel spent less time running. From one day to the other, he just stopped running. And he soon started brewing with his friend Christian Keller, who is the Keller in McKellar. They started brewing in Mikkel's kitchen in 2005. At a very early stage, the beer started tasting good. And yeah, and then it just moved on from there. It was pretty, pretty amazing to, to follow from the sideline. By the time he opened up his first bar in Copenhagen in 2013, the McKellar beer business was booming. But Mikkel wasn't training anymore, and he and Soren were not getting any exercise at all. So at some point, we found ourselves enjoying great lifestyles with a lot of great beer. And the outcome of that would be two choppy guys walking the streets of Copenhagen. So they started trying to go for runs together, but they didn't get very far. And they decided that if they got a group together, maybe then they'd be a little bit more motivated to run. We had the first gathering in October 2014, and uh, we just put a note on Facebook. Want to run with us? Let's meet at a bar. We said, if you show up, uh, we go for a run, and, and we'll buy you a beer. For that first meeting, we were eight people, and we said, hey, let's meet next Saturday again. And then we met, and I think 28 people came around. And for the third session, we had the 100 people showing up. And that was when we started realizing, hey, man, this could actually be something. It turned out that the simple idea of combining a little 
little bit of exercise with a little bit or a lot of beer and fun was something a lot of people were looking for, and not just in Copenhagen. I think that it just spread uh, around the world and people contacted us and said, hey, what what, what should we do? And and then it's just been, yeah, we're, we're still amazed by the, the support we're getting from, from around the world. It's, it's really, truly amazing. To start a new chapter, there really aren't many rules. You must run every first Saturday of the month and give everyone who runs a free beer afterwards. If you'd like to add a chapter in your city, head to mckellarrunningclub.dk. This has been Sam Lee for Heritage Radio Network. Next up, we bring you the story of the world's first viral cookie recipe and its surprising backlash. Allison Roman's salted butter and chocolate chunk shortbread cookies took Instagram by storm after her cookbook Dining In came out last October. Tons of people are obsessed with these cookies, but not every reaction was sugary sweet. Every time I see anyone in a social setting, that's generally the first thing they ask me is, how are the cookies? Did you have any idea that this would be the one recipe from the book that would just kind of rock it into a life of its own? I had no idea, but mostly because I had not seen a recipe from a cookbook do this before. What are some of the most surprising reactions you've seen from people? <laughs> How honest can I be? Um, some of the more recent reactions, um, the ones that have been a little bit more negative have been really interesting to me because I think that the only reason that they're negative is because it's popular. Do you have any advice for people who might find their work going viral and a little bit out of their control? I heard somebody ask somebody else, how do we get a recipe to go viral like those cookies? But I don't think that there's a formula for it. And I think that it's a right place, right time. I think I put a good amount of work into it, you know, spreading the good word on Instagram and things like that. But being supportive of something that is successful is is exhausting and it takes up a lot of your time, but it's also really important. You can find the recipe for Allison's salted butter and chocolate chunk shortbread cookies online, but make sure you get your hands on her cookbook dining in. It's full of recipes and not all of them are cookies, believe it or not. We'll be back in a moment with our final story this week, a look into why the recently established universal free lunch in New York City public schools isn't running as smoothly as advocates hoped. Patina Restaurant Group offers unparalleled service in New York's most iconic locations, including Lincoln Center, Rockefeller Center, and Macy's Herald Square. From meetings and presentations in the glass-walled atrium to galas in the renovated Palm House and intimate wedding showers at Yellow Magnolia Cafe, your event will be perfectly imagined and customized at Brooklyn Botanic Garden. You can also enjoy a la carte brunch and lunch at the picturesque Yellow Magnolia Cafe overlooking Lily Pool Terrace. Chef Rob Newton and chef de cuisine Morgan Jarrett offer warm, distinctive cuisine with a focus on local vegetables, grains, and sustainably sourced meats and fish. Visit us at patinaevents.com. Welcome back to Meat in Three. Last September, after years of fighting for it, parents, activists, and union representatives finally got universal free lunch at all New York City public schools. But cafeterias might not have enough staff to carry out the job. Lila Goldstein has the story. 
First of all, I think we're missing an opportunity to use available federal funding to make school lunches free. And I think we have to end any stigma around school lunches and universalize it. It's crucial. That was Mayor Bill de Blasio back in 2013 on the campaign trail. But two years into his first term, no program had been put in place. In November of 2016, city council members and union leaders representing cafeteria staff gathered. They spoke on the steps of City Hall to advocate for universal free lunch. So we are standing here today because we are upset. We are outraged that this isn't resolved. And we're asking the mayor to include this so that we don't have to fight this for next year. Even Rachel Ray of Food TV fame campaigned for the program. We need to make sure that every child is taken care of. The mayor has promised, now let's make it happen. Universal free school lunch just makes sense. Students who qualified could already receive free and reduced lunch. But advocates argued this created stigma for low-income students. In September, they got what they'd been fighting for. At the press conference announcing the program, the president of the United Federation of Teachers, Michael Mulgrew, summed it up. And, and this, is a, this is a great day for New York City because now we're saying to everyone, we figured this out. It's done. We figured this out. It's done, he says. Well, almost. With the new program, the Department of Ed had increased the amount of kids they would serve, but not the amount of staff that would do the serving. I visit All City Leadership Secondary School in Bushwick, Brooklyn, to see how the new program is affecting one school. The cook, Joseph Jackson, brings me down to the cafeteria. He's wearing an apron, chef jacket, and cap all with the NYC school food motto, feed your mind. He only has a few minutes to talk between prepping for lunch service and answering calls in the office. Luckily... I got a good staff. They're good. They love the work. Today, the team of five is here. But that's not always the case. In fact, I was supposed to meet with Joseph last week to talk about understaffing. But he texted me that morning to reschedule. He was short-staffed. When we show half of the time they don't nobody. It's sad, but what can we do? We keep on complaining, complaining. She don't send nobody. Supervisor don't send nobody, so. He tells me there aren't enough subs to cover all the schools in his district. Workers then call out more often because they feel overworked. And when a meal is free, more kids eat. When the breakfast is free, all the way around, you get more kids. More and more, the numbers go up. Everybody goes up in numbers. It's more work, but if we don't got the people, then what do you want us to do? I spoke with the president of Local 372, the union that represents school cafeteria workers, to find out more. Well, I'm Sean D. Francois I, um, the president of this lovely Local 372. I've always had a voice. I've always had a, some people call it a big mouth, but I call it just a voice for the voiceless. Sean got his start as a cafeteria worker at a school in Queens, then got involved with the local union chapter. He told me about his thoughts on the new program. Universal feeding came, as you know. Universal feeding was a big thing. I mean, something I pushed. I mean, I was aggressively pushing that issue because I feel that everybody should be able to eat free in the schools. But you can't use the same five people that fed 300 people to feed 600 people. It's not going to work. While he pushed for universal free lunch, 
The hiring process didn't happen until after the program was announced. It can take months for a new hire to get fingerprinted and have a background check before they can start at a school. Sean thinks they should have done the hiring first. Or put another way. I don't know how to say it nicely, but you, you put your pants on after your underwear. I also spoke with Donald Nesbitt, the executive vice president of Local 372. He's been getting even more calls from workers about equipment breaking and being overworked. They have to serve more kids under the new program. And this past February, workers rallied across the country for Working People's Day of Action. Donald remembers one union member, a cook from a school in Queens, speaking directly to the mayor at the event. And she gave the mayor earful about what she was experiencing. Look, I'm, I'm overburdened, I'm overworked, I don't get staffed when people are out, and this is causing a tremendous strain on, on my body. The mayor has to hear that. So, after campaigning for years and finally getting universal free lunch, union leaders and cafeteria workers themselves are now asking for the resources to carry it out. Thanks to Lila Goldstein for her reporting. Do you have a child attending public school in the U.S.? How do you feel about free school lunch? We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at heritageradionetwork.org or tweet us at heritage underscore radio. That's it for this week's show. Be sure and save some room on your plate for Meet in 3 every Friday afternoon. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks this week to Dana Cowan, host of Speaking Broadly. Meet in 3 is produced by Liza Hamm, Margaret Kelly, Hannah Forden, Katie Mosman-Wadler, and me, Kat Johnson. Additional reporting by Lila Goldstein, Michaela Heck, Sam Lee, and Sarah Strong. Our audio engineers are David Tadashore and Vitor Hirsch. Our theme song was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. Meet in 3 is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Get in touch with our team. Write us anytime at ideas at meetand3.nyc, all spelled out. Subscribe to Meet and 3 so you never miss an episode. And tune in next week for our pork-themed takes on laws, sandwiches, international trade, and farming. HRN Happy Hour is powered by Simplecast. Simplecast is a popular hosting and analytics platform that allows podcasters to easily host and publish to apps like Apple Podcasts. If you have a podcast or are looking to create your very first, check it out. Try it for free and save half off your first three months at simplecast.com forward slash heritage.